following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, September 28th, 2017, season 13, episode number 46. Welcome to a new edition of The Break. I'm Derek Eagleton, and we're joined by our normal cast here. We're in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. How's everybody feeling this morning? Hello, Derek. Good? I, I feel good. Good. You bien. good? Bien, Amber? Bien, muy bien. Nikki? No. I don't know why you say no. I'm not going to ever stop that. You know that. We've been doing this for a long time. Every once in a while, I'm going to say Nikki. Every one, it's like is once it a is. year. That's not true. I called you Nikki the other day. And you actually were okay with it. You're like, hey, what's up? So, Nikki eats. Nikki? It's really Nick E, yeah. right? Yeah, it's true. Nick E. It's accurate. Okay. I'm doing swell. Thank you. Very good. Everyone's Very good. fine. All right, let's jump in. Let's talk some Cowboys doing? football. How are you doing? You know, that's the first time anybody's ever done it. That's right, nice. we don't spin it back to you. Thank you. I'm I'm feeling fine. Okay. I don't, I don't care uh, <laughs> for whatever that's worth. I really did. Shocker. You to care. Yeah, right. That's yeah. that's new and novel and different. <laughs> All right, let's talk. Um, let's talk about the Cowboys. Let's get first into a little bit of news on uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Yesterday, we heard found out that he was uh, named Defensive Player of the Week after his. Uh, really good game uh, last week versus the Cardinals. And then today we find out, Nick? Defensive Player of the Month. Defensive Player of the Month. They just keep rolling in these awards, don't you're they? Just, you're one step away from Defensive Player of the Year. Are you? <laughs> I think he's a few steps away from yeah. Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, weeks, months, year. Okay. Do are it. you? Are you? Is that what you're thinking is going to happen? Like, is that your hot take of the day? I mean... He's on pace, you know, for 35 sacks in the year. So <laughs> the record is only 23, 26. So yeah, 26. Is that right? Yeah, he's yeah. he's on pace for that. No, I don't. I don't know if he'll be a defensive player of the year, but we'll see. It's one of those situations pretty, pretty where, like, you're like, oh, he won defensive player of the week in the month, but like you had the graphic made up for it yesterday because it's that <laughs> obvious. It's like, oh, what an honor. Of course I am, but yeah. In other words, it wasn't made preseason like this wasn't a graphic that was made preseason. Is that what you're getting? To? No, I'm saying he's been so damn good that we, I mean, you know, Taylor and Shannon hopefully had those graphics done way ahead of time because that, I mean, it's obvious. Three sacks in a game and a three tackles for lost, 6.5 sacks on the season. Really should be seven, but whatever. Either way, it's not shocking to hear is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Good for him. Really good for him, and hopefully he can keep it up because the Cowboys really need it. I thought it was interesting yesterday when you guys made the point that it's hard to find a, a unit on this team that's better than the defensive line, and I think obviously most of that. It's not hard. The good part is about him. It's not hard to find it. You can't. You can't objectively with any basis of fact say that a unit on this team has been better than the defensive line. That's a good point. Yep. They're, I mean, they've been phenomenal. Which well, I will say this, and as I, I did think about it a little bit last night. I still think you probably a part of them being run on in Denver was about that defensive line as well. So, as you said after the Denver game, you can't just poo-poo that and just act like that didn't happen. Sure. That's a, that's a significant thing. But everybody else sucked in that game too. <laughs> so, <laughs> relatively speaking, yeah, yeah, yeah. they had really a bad judge game with like everybody group. else. Just because everyone was so bad. They've been way better when they've been good and 
just as bad when they've been bad. Yeah. So they're better. All right. Let's uh, let's get into some uh, some injury talk. Cowboys had, I thought, a pretty positive injury report. Now, of course, yesterday was just a walkthrough, glorified walkthrough. Um, but, Dave, catch us up on, on the injuries and who didn't practice and who did practice on a limited basis. It, it is a walkthrough, so it, I can't stress enough how, I mean, if you've seen the video of the morning walkthroughs in Oxnard, that's what it looked like. Like, guys are wearing backward hats, guys are kind of like half jogging in position. Can't stress enough how not like a real practice this was. But the most encouraging thing of this entire situation is that Jordan Lewis isn't even on the injury report, which means he's fine, or that's what it should mean. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I've got my eye on. If he's not even on the injury report on Wednesday, then I fully expect him to play on Sunday. Which is huge. It's gigantic. Uh, Chidabe Wuzier was limited, as was Nolan Carroll. Right. Feel better about Carroll since, I mean, I know the, your brain is super duper important, but it's not a, you know, a physical ailment that can hinder you from moving around on a practice field. So. And wouldn't you think with, a, with, a, with concussions, you're, if, if you're even in a walkthrough, you don't want them doing anything if they still are showing signs. If, if of, you've been cleared to go out and do football things on a field, I assume that that's a very positive sign right. for your available. You're moving in the right direction. Whereas Cheeto, hamstrings are tricky. It's hard to really say. Yeah. Um, Sean Lee was a DNP, which is, you know, take that for what it's worth. He said yesterday that he feels optimistic that this isn't as bad as some other hamstring injuries that he's had, but... You know, and and that goes back to the conversation we had about Odell Beckham, that he's one of those guys that if he can find a way, he's going to find a way, and you probably shouldn't bet against him. But guy with an injury history like Sean Lee on short week's rest because of Monday Night Football, I, me personally, I'm leaning toward just like let's try to get through a game without him and not risk him, you know, risk losing him for further weeks just because of one game. It's a tough game to do it with that running back you're facing, but sure is. But I, it's just it's just a thought that I had when I saw that yesterday. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather not rush him and have him healthy than try to wind up in a situation where he's out for even more time. Yep. What did they list Hitchens at? He was limited. Hitchens, that's Hitchens that's positive, right? Interesting. Hitchens ran scout team yesterday. So that's I, positive, right? Oh yeah. Again, walk walk through, through. <laughs> right? But he was out there doing football things he was exactly. part of an 11 on 11 situation which is news um so it's like after the buy for him i lean toward that yeah but i mean that's only two games, two games. that's yeah. two games yeah. away that's not far at and point. that's kind of what the original thought was, yeah. was that you kind of get through the buy and then after that he should be back right Hope so. And the linebacker situation looks will start looking pretty good if if you can, you know, if if considering nothing would happen, I guess with Damian Wilson, I can't imagine the NFL doing anything with that um, at this point. But you know, with with you got Hitchens coming back, Sean Lee, and then obviously Jalen Smith. Just any kind of rotation there, and they're starting to work Duran in there a little bit more too. So, it, it a couple of weeks ago it looked really troublesome but now it's getting better if they can get through this game with sean lee or without him or depending what happens he he's told a few reporters in the locker room he said hamstrings it's one of those things it's like either it fires up or it doesn't i mean it's not like it's ah eh, you can kind of limp around on it i mean if it doesn't go for you then you can't do anything but he did say, like he, dave said he said i've had worse ones than this yeah 
And so I guess all in all, when you look at the injury report, I think there were a lot of positive things that the Cowboys can at least be hopeful about uh, moving forward. I forgot uh, to mention Stephen Pius sat out also. That's I I feel like that's just going to be a thing that doesn't completely go away for him. I've kind of put this in the category of Romo, yeah, of exactly. you know Tyron Smith last year, right? I just put this in the category of right. it's one of those things where I just expect to see Stephen Pye on the injury list most of the season. I, and if you don't, then then maybe that means that that week he just feels great. But more than likely, just to manage him, it sounds like that's going to be a, a normal thing. Unless they and and. Me speculating, I don't know anything, but I got, they could sit him down and do an IR thing, may, designate him to return if they wanted to, but as long as he can keep managing it and playing every week, I feel like they wouldn't want to do that again. It doesn't sound like this is something that's going to go away. It sounds like it's no, just this, something that's there. So I don't know if IR necessarily if, – if you signed him, well, you kind of – it's, it's like a lot of football injuries. Like It would probably go away if you sat him down for a couple of months to get it better, but – if he can, it's like. Yeah, but wasn't this something that he was struggling with in the past already? Right, he has struggled with it in the past. But again, it's kind of like it, it's like Demarcus Lawrence's back is like it's there, and it, you could have surgery on it, or you could do something with it to help it get better. But if you can play, you're probably going to play. I mean, that's football, really. Same thing, you know. You could sit Tyron Smith down for a few weeks, and his back would probably feel a lot better. Thinking back to last year. Yeah, I guess the point of what I'm saying, and it sounds like what Amber's saying too, is that if it's something that's a recurring thing that's been happening over time, even if you sit him down, you'll get temporary relief. But it's, as soon as you start playing again, it's, not it's probably going to start nagging again. So not a you just kind of manage it. And it sounds like they're just going to manage it by giving him more rest. Yes. And hopefully by Sundays every week, he's ready to go. Yeah, I guess I just go back to thinking before he got here, he had a whole off season, and it is still something that he's struggling with. So yeah, right. And it, and it might be a situation we talked about them needing roster spots for, for players, obviously for David Irving next week. That's where I was trying to go with that. But Brian Price. I, oh, I, w- I was thinking you could move Paya down if you if his injury is that bad to make that spot. Well, but I don't think that they would. I don't think they would, but what I'm saying is is that cutting Price, you know, just because you need the, the, the spot – it's harder to get through a practice if, if Pia is not going to work with you every Good Wednesday. Point. So, right. I, I mean. How many guys they got on the practice squad to play defensive tackle? One. Lewis Neal. Okay. I don't think anyone would know that if they didn't go to the college of choice. That is <laughs> offensive <laughs> and not name true. The whole, can I mean, not can true? you name the practice squad? It, it just, First, Lewis Neal kicked too much ass at training camp I know. for people I'm to just, not know who he was. But, but you have to admit, you know every single LSU player in the NFL. Honestly... I probably don't. Ninety-five percent. There's so many of them. Not, not. Yes. Oh wow. There's, there's so many of them. They led the league. They're ninety-five. 50 but of them. Ninety, ninety-five percent. You probably know, right? Yes. Okay. I'm a bit of a passionate LSU fan. I would call it a homer, but whatever. Um, Seems like that number might slow down a little bit. Maybe we'll see. Um, Things aren't going well up there. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm just asking. From Arkansas and Texas. <laughs> Look, I'm asking. I, I've never claimed that things are going great in Austin. I'm just asking. You know? The jury's out, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> I think I could – no, I know I can't name the whole practice squad because I haven't learned the name of the linebacker they just signed. And Trayvon Williams. Him. I don't think it's Trayvon. And um, Trayvon Johnson. Trayvon Sorry. Johnson. There's, an offensive, there's an offensive lineman they signed recently who I never bothered to learn his name either. But I think I got the other eight. All right. Okay. So. Showers. Yeah, Jameel's back, Brian Brown, Lewis Neal. Um I don't know. Okay. The guys from camp. 
Well, that's usually what your practice squad Yeah, that's is. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. those are guys you, you know because you kind of saw them play. Yeah. Those other guys, it's kind of, like, hard to really Yeah, you're like, okay, you're Ben Molina. Yeah. Right. No, Ben Molina is not here. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, Cowboys offense versus the Rams defense. And, Dave, I know you were going to watch the game last night or watch some footage of this team last night and give us a scouting report. So what do you have? I did I did watch the Rams defense on tape last night. And my main impression really is I'm sick of hearing the phrase 3-4 defense. Because, I mean, that's what it is at the end of the day, but, like, that's not what it looks like when these guys play. Like, I I watched the whole San Francisco game, so that's, I don't know, and it's a 41-39 game, so you're talking about 70-something defensive snaps. They got four, five, and six guys down on the line, like, every snap. I mean, yeah, Aaron Donald, Mike Brockers are really, like, the key components of this. Like, they're the two guys that you can count on to be down every single snap, but they move all over the place. They play, like... Donald plays three technique, he plays one technique, he plays five technique, Brockers plays zero technique, one technique, three technique, and five technique. So they're lining up everywhere from the tackle to the guard to the center. You got Robert Quinn, who plays wide, wide. It's like that outside linebacker, but his hand's on the ground more often than not. Same thing goes for Con- Devon Curse type. Yeah, same thing goes for Connor Barwin. Like He's the outside linebacker, but he lines up as an end way more often than anything else. Uh, and then you have Alec Ogletree, who is within three feet of the ball damn near every snap. Like, he's basically another lineman. Uh, they got a couple so of... So he's, he's basically blitzing every play. Is that oh, what you're saying? I'm going I'm to get into that. Yeah, not if he's not okay. blitzing, he's just down near the line. Got it. Got it. And honestly, from what I watched, again, I'm I'm not broadest. I didn't watch every game. I just watched last week, but he's a, he's a blitzer. He's an extra pass rusher because... He sure isn't anything that impressed me in pass coverage, that's for sure. And honestly, as a run stopper, for that matter, I'll get more into that. The big takeaway that I came away with, and maybe this shouldn't be surprising for Wade Phillips, is these guys are really aggressive. Mm -hmm. Super duper aggressive. Like, again, this is a 3-4 front. They send five and six-man rushes all the time, like a lot. Um, Brockers and Donald are awesome and they beat their man more often than not i think if donald doesn't beat his man and get into the backfield it's because he didn't want to or that was not his assignment on that play because he does it all the time with ease and i think the ease with which they do it actually works against them because i swear to god so many times they like overran the play to the point where carlos hyde has three guys in his face right here and he just kind of cuts to the left and there's green grass over here um, that seemed like it happened all the time. Alec Ogletree, if he wasn't blitzing, he's down near the line. He gave up a 34-yard gain down the seam to the fullback, uh, the guy with the goofy name that I can't pronounce. Um, but the 49ers signed him over the offseason from uh, Baltimore. You guys aren't – you're not – You're tight end, you said? Fullback. Oh, fullback. The 49ers gave a lucrative contract to a fullback. It's like Jer- Jerishnik or – it's a weird name. Jerovicious. Nope, not right. Gave up a 34-yard gain. Uh, just really, in my opinion, did not look super amazing in coverage. All right. Um, again, like uh, I feel like their whole strategy is to get to the quarterback, and if they don't, it's it's not going to be pretty. And it it's kind of successful, honestly, because they got four sacks on Brian Hoyer. They forced him into an interception on the first play of the game. 
Um, but okay, so so here here are the stats that kind of back up what I'm trying to say. They're 22nd in the league in yards per game. Uh, they're allowing 140 rushing yards per game, 205 passing yards per game, and they're 26th in scoring D, largely off of giving up for, uh, 39 to the 49ers. But for all the talent they have, I just feel like they're aggressive to the point that it's not disciplined. Like they they give they give up cutback lanes, they give up big gains. Hoyer hit he hit Pierre Garcon for 59 yards one-on-one coverage against Tremaine Johnson. Um what else did they give up? They gave up they gave up two or three long gains like right down the middle of the field and San Francisco had four drops on top of that. Like um so the main thing I come away with is that, yeah, these guys are super aggressive. They want to try to force you into a mistake. But in doing so, I feel like they made a lot of mistakes. They were penalized. The Rams were penalized seven times in this game. Uh, five of those came on defense. Offsides, offsides, too many men on the field, roughing the passer, defensive pass interference, all of which are undisciplined, not smart penalties, roughing, and the two offsides are results of trying to get to the quarterback and trying to, you know, make a statement with your pass rush. Um, going back to our conversation yesterday, sorry if I'm wrong. Oh, um, there is a lot of talent here. Wait, like, I mean, the Rams have been mediocre to bad for more than a decade, so that's to be expected. But Rockers is 12th overall. Donald is 14th overall. Robert Sachs, is that what you're talking? No, I'm talking draft pick. pick. Draft picks. Okay, gotcha. Sorry. Robert Quinn is 11th overall. Ogletree is 13th overall. Mark Barron. Mark Barron is a safety. Who's he's their linebacker. Bama. Bama. Former Buccaneer. He's traded to the yep. Rams. Yep. Um, Trumaine Johnson. Seventh overall. Right. Yes, seventh overall. Uh, True with that. Uh, same draft as Mo. Okay. And he was better than Mo and. Brockers was, and you just kind of remember the guy. I remember were, about the Brockers. Yeah. yeah, that were better than him. Trumaine Johnson, who's their big, feisty uh, 6'3 corner. He's starting a lot of crap when they practice together at training camp, if you remember that a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. Uh, Where was he drafted? He's a third-round pick. Yeah. Um, LaMarcus Joyner is their their main safety uh, out of Florida State. He's a second-round pick. So they got it, yeah. They've got, they got talent, and they – they can do a lot of impressive stuff with it. Like I can't, I can't express how impressive particularly Brockers and Donald are like they do whatever they want most of the time. But again, I feel like you can take advantage of a lot of that. And like all I was thinking about while I was watching this was like, Oh, Dak can kill these guys with play action and stuff like that. Because especially like the, the boot actions and the waggles and stuff like that, where you get the whole defense going one way and bring it back. Like they weren't ready for that on any level when Brian Hoyer was doing it. And that's Brian Hoyer. Um, and that's without the talent that he has around him as well. Exactly. Like, you know, I thought I said last week, Arizona was really aggressive, but they were disciplined. The, these guys, I just feel like they want to hit you and make a statement and worry about the rest of it later. Like it seems like uh, just not a very disciplined group. Now it has turned into for them, it has turned into 10 sacks, which they are now sixth in the NFL um, in sacks. And I guess the big question from that is, do you think the Cowboys can take this aggressiveness 
uh, or will take this aggressiveness and use it against them, or does that tend, or do you think that'll be a problem for this uh, this offense? Well, I think that it'll it'll be both. I mean, it'll be a problem because you know they'll catch them on times when they're not ready, and they'll probably get a few sacks here and there, but. It's just like that game in 2014, if you remember, that they got up 21 to nothing. I mean, their aggressiveness from Janoris Jenkins at the time got a a pick six interception, but his aggressiveness also led to a touchdown by Des Bryant that got him back in the game and turned things around. So, uh, you know, aggressiveness will work both ways. I think what's interesting is that, you know, obviously you talk about Wade Phillips wanting to come in here and probably do some – some great things against the Cowboys as a former coach, but let's not forget that that uh, Scott Linehan on the other side of the ball also coached the Rams as a head coach. Did, didn't work out as well. Might have something to prove too, even though these aren't the same Rams, same city or anything. But um, <laughs> I, I still, I guarantee it, it will be a nice chess match between Linehan and Wade Phillips. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I'm going to ask the question, uh, Dave. I heard you talking about how these uh, particularly particularly uh, Brockers and uh, Aaron Donald move around quite a bit. And I'm going to ask the question, do you think that this can create a problem for the Cowboys seeing as, as though they can now try to use those guys to exploit the weaker links of that offensive line? We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Hey, Cowboys fans. Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military, and Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag TroopThanks, that's hashtag TroopThanks, and by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. Bowling night with friends and you're hanging out together. You picked up a spare, but you're craving something better. A thirst runs deep inside, you don't know what to do. You crave a nice little Dr. Pepper and a hero to save you. Grain Rider. You ride the wave of Dr. Pepper when you're craving Dr. Pepper. Grain Rider. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Pick up an ice-cold 20-ounce bottle today. Dr. Pepper. The one you crave. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back 
to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, we're talking about the Cowboys' offense versus the Rams' defense. Uh, Dave gave us a good breakdown there. And, and Dave, one of the things that you talked about is how they tend to move around Michael Brockers um, and Aaron Donald, uh, two of their better players, maybe two of the best players they have on defense. Um, I would say definitely. And so my, my question is, um, this offensive line, the Cowboys offensive line, we've talked a lot about it. There are two guys that are kind of new to their positions. And so when I call them weaker links, it's not so much that I think they're bad players. And I want to be clear about that. It's more about the fact that they are new to their positions in this offensive line. And they're being compared to guys that are all pros in the other three positions. Which is also called a weaker link. That's okay. I know, I know, but I, I don't want it to be, you know, it can be construed yeah. as you're saying, well, they're a bum. And I don't think that. I think they've actually played as well as the rest of the guys on that offensive line for the most part. Because I think that game they played in Denver, you're all pros were having some yeah, issues, right? Struggling. So um, so all that, all that being said, all I'm saying is, do you think that with those two guys particularly, and, and being as good of players as they are, and because they can move around and play a lot of different positions, do you think that this creates an opportunity for them to exploit those weaker links more than, say, another team that wouldn't have that flexibility across their defensive front? Yes, and if you're a fan of line play, I highly encourage you to get yourself a copy of Game Pass and watch like all 22 of these guys play because it's really fun. Like, like I said, I told you where all they line up, but you think of defensive tackles as being like basically unathletic guys who just clog up the middle and try to force their way into the backfield. These dudes are athletic. Like. You're talking about your two main defensive tackles running twist stunts. They ran a twist stunt where they were both lined up at five techniques, so on the tackle, and they crossed each other and rushed on the opposite tackle. Wait, they were on the outside, both of them on the outside on either side. Donald is lined up on the inside shoulder of the left tackle, and Brockers is lined up on the inside shoulder of the right tackle, and they stunt and reverse and go at the other guy. And they were fast enough that they did it, and it worked. I mean, I can't even fathom that. I don't think, I don't think, professional game. I don't think they, they didn't get a sack on the play, but like they got pressure. And I saw it, and I had to go back and watch it like four times. That's because everybody was confused. Like, I thought he was on the other side. How did he get over here so quick? And then, but they can also, you know, they'll, They'll play on Frederick. They'll play on Martin. They'll definitely play on Chaz Green. Yeah, I'm sure they won't be. I mean, they're not afraid of the matchup. None whatsoever. I I mean, everybody will have their hands full with these guys. And then on top of that, I mean, you know, Lyle Collins, you know, he's had his hands full on the right side throughout the season to this point. I don't, you know, Connor Barwin doesn't strike fear in your heart the way that Von Miller does, but he's been very productive. He had a sack in this last game. I think a lot of that has to do with the attention that these other guys get. I mean, Robert Quinn had an 18 or 19 sack season not all that long ago. So you're talking about guys who command a lot of respect and a lot of attention. And I think Barwin uh, benefits from that. So I think uh, I think Lyle's going to have his hands full dealing with him as well as these other guys because the point I'm trying to make is that they can all line up anywhere. And going back to my original point from the very beginning is, yeah, they call it a 3-4, but they basically play permanently in nickel. Because you got your down linemen, then you bring in your linebackers. Mark Barron and Ogletree are only, they're the only true linebackers that are ever on the field. So you're usually talking about at least four, if not five guys that are trying to get to the passer. So offensive line's gonna have its work cut out. It's like a huge game for Beasley. That's what it seems like to me. Well, yeah, actually, I was actually gonna go there next because it, it sounds like the strength of this defense is their front. Um, and if that's the case, 
then it sounds like there's an opportunity here in the passing game. Do you guys agree with that? Oh, yeah. So who is the guy? You said Beasley is for you. Who's that guy that you think has to show up this week and, and make plays for them? Uh, for them from from it seems like if there is a lot of pressure, um, you know, it, it's going to be a situation where, you know, you, you'll see – They'll be in nickel where they they'll play deep and they're going to make sure and prevent the big play. But it seems like the middle, the underneath stuff will be there, and that's where Beasley and Witten and those guys really do their work. So I'd, I'd like to see them. You know, I I think Cole Beasley's going to bounce back. He didn't have a bad game, but he just wasn't targeted a lot. But I think that you'll see that this will be a game for him. I agree with that. I also I didn't come away from this impressed with Jermaine Johnson. He's a big guy. He's aggressive. He's physical. If he gets his hands on you, he's probably going to tackle you. But he's I didn't I don't look at him as like a shutdown corner. I mean, Pierre Garçon had a nice night in this game. He had a couple of big gainers. He had a couple of plays where he was left uncovered for one reason or another. Um so I'm looking at this this will be the easiest matchup that Des Bryant has by far through four weeks. And I'm, I'm not saying he's going to have 150 yards or something crazy like that, but it should be far easier for him to get favorable looks in this game than it has been, I think. Can I say something? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was, I was coming to you. I was going to ask you who okay. your player is. Hop on in there, Amber. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, I was just going to say I'm really not impressed by their defense. I'm not worried about it either. I know how you talked about a lot of these guys, and I do agree that they do have a lot of talent, but I don't think they've done enough with it. I don't think they've been as productive. I was looking at all the stats and just kind of comparing with the guys we have on our defense, and what they've done has been fairly similar to what the Cowboys have done so far, and I think we can all agree they haven't been impressive, the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Aside from the defensive line, which they, the Rams don't have or haven't done nearly as much as what our guys have done, like Demarcus Lawrence, which obviously we already know he's like the top guy right now, but as well as Malik Collins. So number-wise and production-wise, they just haven't done much to where I'm even too worried. Well, uh, the one thing I will point out here is that Aaron Donald missed all training camp. He had a holdout. Um, and so he's having to kind of work himself into shape. And if you go back and look at how he performed last year, I, I don't think there's many people that would say that productively he's not every bit as good, if not better, than any defensive tackle you probably want to point to in the NFL, including Malik Collins. Right? It is, he's, he is up there yeah. as, as one of the premier guys. So productively, I, I hear your point. But I think it's a little bit to that to, to looking at his statistics right now that may be a little misleading. No, I agree. Because but he's having to work in. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. The one thing is, like, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm I'm good as of right now until I see it, and I don't think it'll be a problem. If I mean, it'll be something that they'll face and they'll have a little bit of struggle there, but nothing that will make them lose the game. I actually I agree, and I'm I I came in here and I I still believe this, but I came in here and said you know these aren't your older brothers Rams they're way more talented than that this isn't a team you can write off I still think that's true, but for the talent they have here the production doesn't doesn't do it justice and maybe you know Aaron Donald's two weeks in way, to a new system that's the thing and yeah. one of the more complicated systems in football if if players are to be believed about Wade Phillips' defense so maybe that's part of it. 
The 49ers big boyed them twice. They went for it on fourth and goal from the one twice and scored on scored touchdowns on both plays. Both just runs to Carlos Hyde where they knocked him over and scored a touchdown. Um, it's a good sign for the Cowboys. So, and, and like I said, I mean, the secondary did not impress me in this game. There's a lot of talent here. I did think it was interesting. So this game, 49ers scored to make it 41-39. They don't get the two-point conversion. They recover the onside kick. And then they so they go into a possession where they're near midfield with a chance to go down and win the game. Aaron Donald just destroys his man, forces an incompletion right away. They send five, and uh, the Niners run a screen that they sniff out immediately. Uh, zone coverage on third and long. And then the last play of the game, which is like a fourth and 18, after a questionable offensive pass interference call. Yeah. Uh, but still, Aaron Donald blows his man up and sacks Brian Hoyer to end the game. So when the chips are down, especially if you're in a situation where you have to throw the ball, that could be bad news. Tough, yeah. Um, As it is with most gr- sure. really good defensive sure. linemen, right? But I do think there's plenty here that the Cowboys should be able to take advantage of. And you talk about... Ezekiel Elliott being great at cutting back and moving in open space, I think their aggressiveness should play right into him. Like, I think there are plays to be made against these guys. This sounds like a lot like the game last year against the Bengals. A week about same time of the year, week four, week five. Uh, Bing, they walked, they came in. The Bengals were, I think, at the time, like the best defensive line in football. You know, Atkins. Yeah, they, and they, they weren't allowing anything and. And I think the Cowboys O line t- took it as a big challenge, and um, they won, obviously. And you know Zeke's running sixty yards right through the middle of the defense, and so I, I just think this this is one of those type of games where I'll be it'll be big on big. It'll be some really good, talented players that the Rams have drafted to to change their defensive line. The Cowboys drafted some really good offensive line, linemen to try to change with their line, and then this is kind of what you'll get. It'll be it'll be one right there. Mano Imano. Yeah. Yeah. Strength. I don't know who I don't know who they were dominating. It's what's you said that like in a one minute span on the fourth and one when they really needed to stop their offensive line the, from the Niners dominated them. But fourth and 17, 18, they couldn't they got dominated on the other end. So it sounds like speed and quickness is, is their strength. They can kind of get there when it's big on big and pushing people off the ball. That hasn't really been the Cowboys strength, though, knocking people back. So well, I would say this last year when they were in, you know, short yardage situations, they were pretty good at it. So I, I guess Leary. that kind of fits, right? Leary, huh? With Leary, okay, yeah. You're saying without Leary, it's that's, a whole different thing. That's next guy. Yeah, right. I I hate just I would hate to think that the left guard can make that much of a difference. Sorry, Nate, but I I just <laughs> think that something is there's something here he he really wasn't the guy in 2015 he was the guy in 2016 they and then now he's not in 2017 and we just they haven't been as good short yardage well have we have enough of a sample no we don't yet to know uh, that not yet but we're getting there i mean two and a half years almost no 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 i'm saying this season with 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 very not in there you got chaz and i don't know that we've had enough of a sample size in short yardage to say that they can't do it well this year were you not arguing a training camp that one guy wouldn't make a difference in this offensive line. That would have been me. I was arguing. Was it you? It was me. Uh, yeah, you were. I don't I, think it was me. I know it was me. I, I know I said I president of the Ron Leary fan club. Yeah. So it was. I definitely was on that. That that it's not because to me I look at it and I say if you got that talented, if those other guys play up to the level that we expect them to, then a left guard should not be able to platoon this thing. Yeah. 
I just don't think that's and, and possible. I, I somewhat agree with that as well. I mean, I do agree that one position on the line is not going to change a whole lot. But when it gets down to third and short, fourth and short, and you really need to knock people off the ball. Don't run behind him. Huh? I think don't run behind him. They've, done, do they've done okay, but – I do think we clearly have seen a change compared to what they did No, we, last we don't have enough well, sample size. It's been three games. And, and, it's not and enough three sample really, size really to know. good Okay, defenses. from what we've seen, we have seen a change. Dak, have we not? Any Dak, bad I don't defenses think we on, I don't on the schedule? Huh? Is there any bad defenses on the schedule? I mean, Giants, Broncos, Arizona. Green Bay doesn't have a great defense. Yeah, they're kind of meh. We'll see you next week, then. Yeah, we will. Seems like every team's got this great defense up front. Atlanta's not a great defense. Hey, for whatever it's Have worth. Have to be. Uh, <laughs> hit it under 40. We're in. Dak we'll scored a ton of uh, points, so it doesn't really matter, right? Dak said yesterday that he thought these first three defenses were about as hard as it's going to get, which I, I don't, I don't like him saying that. I, know, I will say this, though. Sounds- Seattle hasn't played as well as they've played in the past. Like, they've had some games this year where their defense has given up a lot more points than you typically I'm not even doing. trying to worry about Christmas Eve right now. It's <laughs> September. Long way away. September 20th. Have you started your Christmas shopping? I have not. Mm. I won't be home for Christmas, so I don't even need to do any Christmas yeah, shopping. Yeah, good point. Oh, so oh, just because you're not hey. there, it's like, I don't need to have a pre- present for my parents. Like, I'm not going to be there, so why do you need a present? You just gave me life. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. You're Life. a great son. Hope. Sorry, Mom and Dad. You're a great son. I'll get him something. All right, let's what take our final break. What do you do with your break. dog at training camp? Oh, that's a good Yeah, point. exactly. Good let's point. take our uh, final break. We'll come back. We'll get some questions. You guys call us. The number is 214-872-2102. Again, 214-872-2102. You can also hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Wake up, Dave. We'll be right back. This is The Break. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See below for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus, save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the break. Hey, Nick, what's uh, what's one of the most important components of football? Um, scoring points. Uh, I was thinking more about ball security. Okay. Speaking of ball security, uh, Tommy John underwear. Kind of goes hand in hand. It goes bit. hand in hand. Uh, it's very comfortable. It's very secure. Feels like you're wearing nothing at all, but really keeps everything in order i'm actually wearing the promotional pair that i got yesterday right now and yeah. i'm very satisfied they're very comfortable promotional pair yeah. yeah you mean like they gave it to people that actually do reads and stuff they well most oh. of us people that they care about 
Yeah. People that they feel like are like family. Your package is in the mail, I'm sure. And oh. my package is, is my package is <laughs> secure. secure. <laughs> this is so I stupid. love this. Every love this. day. Was that better than put Tommy John on your end zone? Hmm. Underwear. We hadn't talked about that part of it. On your end. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget about the tush. Yeah. It's okay. a fantastic product, and I'll say it whatever is. ridiculous stuff they want if they keep sending them. Yeah, keep sending them because yeah. they're actually very comfortable, and I actually enjoy wearing them. So, anyway. Amber, you got anything to chime in on that one? I uh, see. Well, you nope. have to All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm biting my tongue. Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Stop. All right. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's get some questions. You guys call us. The number is 214-872-2102. You can also hit us on 50%. Twitter. 50%. At Cowboys Break. Let's get a uh, let's get a question from Twitter. Amber. Has Jordan Lewis jumped Nolan Carroll on the depth chart because of his recent play? We know Carroll is well, out right now. It's, but uh, it's looking like we're really going to know. Question. Would you start him right now? <sighs> if, if both are healthy... Would you start Jordan Lewis over Nolan Carroll? It is a small sample size, but I think so. I think so, too. But now we're getting into what the Cowboys would do. Right. I don't care what the Cowboys would do. I'm asking what you would do. But don't you want to know what's more likely to happen? Yeah, kind of. But they just don't don't do that because there's no need for it. Jordan Lewis is this young guy that's had some injury concerns, too, and you know, he'll just just stay hungry. You know, okay, this is the way it works. And Nolan Carroll comes back in, and he got hurt, and because he, you know, I I don't think it's a long leash, but I think Nor- Nolan Carroll would come back to his spot if he had another game like the part of the game yeah. before he got injured in Denver. Do you think at that point the Cowboys? I, I'm just going to talk about them. Do you think they it. would make that move at that point? They've got to make some roster moves here, and kill him more and. <laughs> <laughs> that just took the show in a whole different direction. We don't. We don't need to go there. We you don't. Know, we don't need to. I why mean, not? It's I a mean, simple thing. That, it's really easy, huh? Yeah. That really is actually. Just do it. But again, okay. What you would do versus what the Cowboys, right? Do. Right. But what I'm saying is, is that I I don't think Nolan Carroll would be completely safe from that, in my opinion. Really? Like, as in, they would just outright cut him. I need Cheeto to be healthy. I need strides from Mark Marquez White on the practice squad. Just, just not necessarily to bring him up, but if you Feel needed good about to, it. maybe. But does it have anything to do with how well Benay Benwickery can play? Does he play? I mean, they, well, but I'm saying, I'm saying, if you're th- if you're talking about the yeah, possibility yeah, of Carroll going away, like that, you'd kind of want that vet that's going to be yeah. here with Orlando to be. I mean, I mean, you, you're going to cut Benay before you cut Carroll. I. I don't, and I mean, I see the logic, but I just don't think they would cut Nolan Carroll. Not in season. He's a veteran. If if Jordan Lewis had played all of training camp and had just whooped him and totally claimed that job, maybe. But you're in season now where anything can happen week to week. I mean, they're already dealing with injuries. And yeah. the thought of cutting one of two guys that has really been through the grind of an NFL season right. over and over again. Uh, a veteran guy, yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Spe- I mean, it's it's not, you know. He's got like three million in guarantees or something like that. It's not even like this is some big obnoxious contract that you, you know, that you have to get off the books. Yeah. I I don't think that makes a ton of sense now that you're playing week to week. But you know, and I agree with Nick. The Cowboys are always more likely to lean toward the veteran in a situation like this, in my opinion. But if he gets back in the lineup and looks as bad as he did in Denver, 
I mean, once it's hindering your ability to play good defense, they'll that's not a long leash at all. So. All right, let's get a phone call from Jorge in Mexico City. Jorge, what up? Ooh. Hello, guys. Hey. Hello. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, Amber, you gave a great Latino touch to Vernon, which would make it even better. Thank and, you. Uh, now to get to football, I have a comment and a question. Uh, the comment is regarding the play calling with uh, Scott Linehan. I know Dak is a really, really good quarterback. I know he's going to be great someday, but I just feel like he's still learning, still developing. And I feel like the play calling they're taking is like they want to make him a pure, uh, a pure uh, pocket passer, which I think is not ready yet. I mean, he's going to be ready someday, but I think they should get back to what they did last year in the first game with the food, the waggles, using the feet. I mean, he's a mobile quarterback. And uh, I feel like defenses are, are, are challenging us to – to make him a pocket passer, but I mean they're 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 getting the best of us. And my question is, I know you guys get this a ton, but uh, are we still sure that we like uh, Lyle Collins over at right tackle? Can we just go back to what we did in 2015 and mm-hmm. have him on the left guard Whoa. and kick Chas over to the tackle position? All right, thanks for the call. First of all. Let's don't go back to anything from 2015. Let's let's don't do anything about 2015 right. to go back to. Um, you know, with their four win season, they're already halfway there with two wins. So I, I that sounded good, but then who's your right tackle? Well, he was saying kick Chaz back out, but um, here's, here's the deal: it's not going to happen, guys. Nah. That's not going to happen this season. If Lyle that were going to happen, that's an off-season thing. They are, unless there's injuries, they are set that Lyle Collins is going to be their right tackle, and Chaz Green is going to be their left guard. The way that you say that, though, is kind of like, well, they're not going to cut Kellen Moore. Like you, you think it should happen, but it won't. And I disagree because you made this decision. We answered this in the mailbag this morning, actually. Like, you made this decision. We all said heading into the season that Lyle would probably have his growing pains and not be an all-pro from the get, right? That has played out completely to form. He hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been great. He's had his struggles. He's had his wins. Um, again, But, again, when you're you're into the season now where you're playing a game every sixth day, why are you trying to shuffle this thing? Yeah. You're only going to get better by giving these guys reps where they are. That's the only way this is going to work. And and it hasn't been as good as last year. And I think that troubles people because it's a lot of fun when you're dominating the way that they did last year. But they haven't been bad by any stretch of the imagination. They just they've been okay. And just to be clear, I wasn't saying they should, but they won't. I was saying okay, that you're I was wording. saying they should not and they won't. Your wording, I, I believe, it, your wording made it sound like you were saying they should, but they won't. No, no, I, and I, I guess the reason why I was kind of coming off like that is because I was trying to express to him that this is kind of a moot point okay. for those people that are out there that believe like him. It's a moot point. They're not going to do that. That doesn't make sense and, in the context of how how NFL teams are run. But if you think about it logically, it that's not the smart call at this point. Yeah. I mean, if you get through the whole season and then you decide that this really probably isn't going to work long term, come talk to me. But. I think this thing is playing out exactly how you probably thought it should. Which, or you should have thought it yeah, was going to play Which out. is yeah. that these two guys are having their growing pains, but they're getting the job done more often than not, and and they'll get better with playing time. I don't think shuffling the lineup and hoping that it's magically better is the right way to do it. The, the first part of that, uh, I think that it, it was a good – that's a good observation about Dak and – what they're doing with him in the pocket. And and yes, they are trying to do that. And it's not just to try to develop him 
uh, from that standpoint to be a good pocket passer. It's because that will help the offense if he can stand in there and make some throws. And I think he's he's shown that he can do that. But in that game against the Cardinals, it was clear that they had to move him. He needed to move to make plays. He needed to run all of the touchdowns or three other than other than the one with with that. I mean with Zeke. But the three touchdowns were a product of his legs. He was rolling right, throwing, or running and flipping into the end zone. I, I think that they kind of realized that in that game, and I think you'll see a little bit more of that. Something else I would throw in, and this isn't me trying to be amateur scout. This is from conversations I've had here with people. Uh, it's harder to do that type of stuff when you're playing three, four teams. You're talking about outside linebackers that play wide, like wide of the tight end. They play disciplined, and they're going to be there every time. They're going to be right in your quarterback's face when he's trying to do that stuff. And you've seen it play out so far this season. Even And it's worked a couple of times, but when Dak has done those actions, he's had guys in his face from the get. Inver. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They tried some of that. It, and it happened it, against yeah. Arizona, too. Like yeah. I said, sometimes the plays still worked, but right. it's not like it was really faking anybody out. Um, so I think, you know, I think you'll still see it and I think it'll work better when they play some more traditional style defenses. Yeah. And I think that, that run that he had, uh, that the touchdown run to me, that's more of kind of what you want to do if you're going to use him with his legs is it's, it's not always going to work on the boots. Like you said, when you got a team that either is really fast or they're keeping somebody in to kind of spy him. I think in those kind of situations, you got to get from point A to point B in the fastest way you can, which is a straight line. And so you fake the run. And then you just let him take off, take off into a hole that he sees rather than having to boot out to the outside where the defender can then float out there with him. So I think they just got to mix it up and give a good mixture. And I think if they do that and use his legs, not all the time, but use his legs in good situations, then I think there's a way to make this, uh, make this thing better and make him more effective as a quarterback. Bueno, gracias por la llamada y saludos a todos allá en la Ciudad de México. What helps the Cowboys probably <laughs> probability to win. From? She was just throwing her. Is that the question that no, you're she, asking? She was no. throwing the caller. Oh, no. I, I said something. I understand Amber. Like, I don't speak Spanish, but I know what she's <laughs> the saying. The Amber Whisperer. Like, what you, you, it's just because I do those videos with her after the games. Oh. Hey, I will say this. When I'm editing those videos and I'm post-game with Dave, I'll be speaking Spanish, and he's like, he'll make facial expression. He Is that just him making facial about. expressions? No, Does he really know what you're saying? It's all context yeah. clues. Like, you can you pick out a word, or, like, you know, like the word Mexico is the same in Spanish and English. Like, you pick no, that really? out. Shut up. <laughs> context clues. You can figure out a sentence in another language if you can understand, like, three words. Anyway. Yes. He's pretty good, and si. so is Brian Broaddus. Si. I can work well with Are that. you saying that I'm not good when I've no. done that? Oh, like like I don't have the experience of listening to that? That's a great point. Apparently not, because okay. you have no <laughs> clue what I say. Anyways. If you put me on camera, I'd be able to do it. Uh, don't ask me to do videos with you, so. You're too busy, like, <laughs> figuring out how sure to say the, no. making sure no. the guy doesn't I'm go. good at it, though, right? No. See? No. Okay, guys. What helps the Cowboys' probability to win? Converting third downs to keep the chains moving or red zone efficiency? They've been pretty bad at converting third downs, haven't they? I don't know about for the season. Yes, Denver game, they were horrible. No, we're focusing on this upcoming game. But I'm saying just as a trend. <laughs> third and long. They were two and nine. <laughs> what's, th what's third and long in the NFL? Like a third and long? Ten? Third and ten? Six, I thought third and seven or eight. Six or more. Yeah. You know what they're converting on third and long, like the percentage-wise? Six percent, awful. Six <laughs> percent, last in the league. Two for nine on third down against Arizona. Eesh. 
two for nine. Eesh. And that was their best game of the seat. Well, I don't I guess. That just means on first down, they're not really running the ball very well. First down, second down, they're getting behind the change. Does it? Yes. Because, yeah. well, but, but that just, if they get in third and one, third and two, it's more manageable. They can get these, but they're not. They're not getting to third and one and third and two. But that's the times they get to third down. If they're converting second downs more frequently, then I'm saying they're not running the ball well to start it off. They're they're, they're getting themselves behind the chains early in the in the down and distance, and then it's next thing you know, it's third and ten, third and eleven. It's not working. I completely agree. So, but to answer the question, um, I, it's it's more important to to move the chains on third down. It's more important than it is in red zone. I think because you can always kick a field goal and you're going to make it. Let's so you if you don't get it on third and four from midfield, then you have to punt. If you don't get it on at the 19 yard line, you kick a field goal. I think that's Derek. You don't ever get to the 19. No, I mean I I don't think that that one necessarily necessitates the other. Yeah, I I think that yes, they both are problems for them right now. First down is a problem for them right now. Third down is a problem for them right now. I don't know that first down necessarily equates to always to third down success not always um so i i don't know if i agree with with that part of it but i get your gist and that's why i didn't really argue too much because i kind of get your gist of what first and 10 to start the game zeke for negative one second and 11 zeke for one so you're in third and 10 next possession zeke up the middle for negative three second and 13 pass incomplete so you're in third and 13 next drive first and 10 offsides brings you to first and five zeke runs on first and five for no gain Incomplete. They converted that probably because it was second and five. Uh, first and ten, complete the Terrence for eight. Zeke up the middle for one. And then that third and one, Zeke busts a 30-yard gain. They they haven't been great on first down. And I, that, I agree with that. That's what I just said. I just said there's, they have a problem on first down. They also have a problem on third down. One doesn't ca- necessarily cause the other is what I'm saying. There's not a causal relationship between the two. If they don't get at least like three yards on first down – I'm calling that a wash. Like I'm just, I'm assuming something bad's going to happen based on what we've seen. So, how does first down not affect third down? Like, there. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there are there are times when they get to third down that it's not about first down, and there are also times when they convert on second down. So even if they didn't do much on first down, they converted on second down, so it doesn't matter. So you never factor that into the third down conversion rate. Is what I'm saying. So all I'm saying is yes, they. I think we're all agreeing from the standpoint they got a problem on first down, they got a problem on third down. And they got to fix both of them because I think they're both an issue for them right now. Okay. What are the Cowboys? What is the chances that the Cowboys use Zeke the way Minnesota is using Cook? I haven't really watched them play much other than Monday night. I assume that means more as a receiver. I mean, because it seems like Cook is. I, I mean, I know Dalvin Cook is off to a good start. Which you've said you kind of wanted to see the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I mean. Zeke has gotten three or four receptions, I think, or three or four chances at a reception in every game uh, that they've played so far. But I, I still don't think it's enough. Like I don't, I, I don't think it's creative enough. You know what I was cre- encouraged by though this week that twice they ran the. You know we were talking to last week. I mentioned that the angle Texas route, route yeah, yeah, where they kind of run the, they flare him out and then he yeah. cuts back into the middle. And they did it twice last week. And I, I'm really thinking if they just start doing things like that a little more, find routes that he can get open on fine routes where you isolate him in man coverage against the linebacker. He should win that matchup. And that's what you're talking about from the standpoint of creativity. If they can find those kinds of things and not just always, whenever he gets a pass, it's just the flare where you're only going to get two or three yards at the best. Then I think that's where you're going to see 
more production out of the running game for Ezekiel Elliott. I would like to, and and I know that they did try to get him the ball on a couple of those, but I would still like to see him used more creatively as a receiver. I agree. It's just when he goes out, it seems like it's always as a decoy. I know they tried to screen with him and it didn't work out, but more often than not, it just seems like it's a, a dump off that isn't really designed to get more than three or four yards. And it seems like a screen ought to be able to work like they ought to be able to be really good. Sounds at like screen. this team you can screen them if they're that aggressive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, man, misdirection, delayed, any anything out of the ordinary delays, misdirection, play action, leaf flicker. It should work against what? these guys. Leaf flicker. These guys only <laughs> care about. My team tried that in the game the other day. And did you? Were you just jumping up and down? You didn't care about the result. You were just like they did. Well, here's a here's a part of it. You better get it blocked, okay? <laughs> if you can't block, then you're only wasting more time. So Arkansas tried it against A&M. That didn't work because they can't block. So that <laughs> so did you get the ball knocked around? Oh, the quarterback just, gets destroyed. Quarterback caught it, and then he had to duck and go underneath and throw it over the middle, and nothing happened. Yeah. No, get it blocked first. A flea flicker that doesn't work is like such – it's so disappointing because, like, you see the quarterback get the ball, and you go, oh, Oh my God, flea flicker! And then it's just you're, it, he gets Goes tackled, or it doesn't there. go anywhere. Or, yeah. and, and then you're like, the way it works, it's like, well, we'll see that for a while. Yep. <laughs> Tried that, not gonna do that again this season. Yeah. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow morning, nine thirty a.m. We'll get you guys ready with our final predictions on the game. Cowboys will take on the Rams Sunday at noon. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!